Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi Podcast. I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm your co-host, Hannah. And welcome to episode 33, everybody. I gotta do the uh, little lisp with my tongue since three isn't exactly my specialty right now. But uh, yeah, welcome to the 33rd episode of a podcast, everybody. Um, We're getting that much closer to 50 episodes, but it's probably forever away by now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, so today um, it will be released on the 1st, so 1st of June, so... It will be LGBTQ Day, I believe. The beginning of Pride Month. The beginning of Pride Month. So, um, yay Pride Month. <laughs> yeah, you know, you do you. Yeah, um, hope we, everybody... We don't judge. Yeah, no need to judge. Just thought I'd throw that out there for all of our fans who are part of that community. Happy Pride Month to all of you. We love and support you. Yeah, um, so... Before we get into the episode, uh, so a little update. Since it is now a new month, we have a new Patreon art piece. Finally. Yep, and uh, for this one, we have something super duper special, and it is a Womble combo between one of the most iconic couples of recent Star Wars memory, and that is Obi-Wan and Duchess Satine. <laughs> you say for. Uh, iconic couples immediately everyone's gonna go to Padme and Anakin well yeah but you know the better power couple yeah not the toxic relationship (laughs) it's it gets a lot better in the uh, Clone Wars in all honesty though yeah but anyway um so yeah we got Obi-Wan who has uh nothing but a uh little speedos under there saying hello there Yes. And, and we also have Duchess Satine under the light of the moon on Concordia and uh, she's got her exquisite beauty to show off to her negotiator. It's just, it's a very beautiful art piece, in my opinion. Yeah, the most beautiful one. I sexy mean, and beautiful. Sexy and beautiful is the right way to term it. But uh, yeah, this will probably be the night where uh, Corky gets conceived. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we both follow the Corky as a Kenobi see- uh, idea, theory. Yeah, yeah I've had a little fan theory, but just look at it too. Obi-Wan, Corky... Shave off his uh, beard, and they look practically identical. Yeah. Bullshit, she's his nephew. He's her <laughs> nephew. Yeah, bullshit. But anyway, if you guys are interested in this nice, tasteful art piece, you know what to do. Uh, go to my Patreon at patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that is patreon.com slash canmail, and... Go ahead and contribute to the highest amount, which is $10. And you'll get these two, as well as every other Patreon art pieces that I've been sharing with the rest of the Patreon community for the past six or seven months. Wow, I can't believe we're that far into this. Yeah, exactly. Um, And if you're not interested in the tasteful art pieces or any fan service stuff, you can still contribute to the other tiers from the minimum being $3 and the $5 tier, regardless of which tier you, uh, you know, contribute to, you'll have instant access to the Discord server where you could talk to us, recommend Star Wars topics, uh, talk about general Star Wars lore, or show off your collection, show off your collection, and, uh, just share general memes here and there. My, my most favorite one has been the, uh, Kool-Aid Man Dirge one. Of course it has. (laughs) As you know, um... Everybody, if you watch the Dirge episode, I highly request 
that you take a shot every time I say Kool-Aid, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Those of you who are old enough to drink. Yeah, old enough to drink. Don't condone underage drinking. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, so if you're not interested in contributing to the Patreon, um, make sure to subscribe to my channel. Uh, leave a like. Leave a comment. Anything that you can to ensure that, uh, you know, our channel gets the attention of the YouTube algorithm. That always helps super duper a lot. But uh, yeah, um, once again, appreciate everybody's support and for everybody allowing us to uh, continue doing episodes like this. Yeah, it gives us a lot of motivation to keep doing this. Yeah, it's been uh, really fun, especially since we've been keeping up with a very consistent schedule as of late. Yeah. But anyway, um, so with that aside, I'm pretty sure um, you can foresee what today's topic is going to be, Hannah. Yes. <laughs> we are talking about... Force ghosts. Force ghosts. Probably one of the uh, most obviously supernatural aspects of Star Wars, especially in the original trilogy and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that iconic quote. Um, Okay, Force ghosts didn't appear until, like, Empire Strikes Back, technically. But Obi-Wan, you know, that legendary line where he's all like, you can't win, Doff. If you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. That's... Foreshadowing. Yeah, really very good foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Very good foreshadowing. And of course, we hear his voice. Um, probably Luke Skywalker's uh, <laughs> dementia working up, but you know. <laughs> As a kid likes to call him, he's bipolar Skywalker. Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, we I will mean, be he gets talking. It from his dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it runs in the family. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Especially with. Kylo Ren and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, memeing aside, um, so yeah, we will be talking about Force Ghosts. Probably one of the most simplistic slash complicated aspects of the Star Wars mythos, quote-unquote. It's simple in the way you think about, you know, just ghosts are a thing. Yeah. But then you add the Force to it, and it's like... This makes it a lot more complex. A little bit, but if I'm going to be completely honest, this will be a more shorter episode. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if it, like, reached 30 minutes at max, um, or maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. I might surprise myself. That's fine. But, yeah. I wanted to relax this time. Yeah. It's just going to be a nice little chillax episode. I don't have much photos to share because, you know, it's a simplistic topic to talk about. Um, so we're just going to have a nice little discussion, but first, I'm going to have to explain what Force Ghosts are. Of and course. Everything. Um, For those of us who do not know. Yeah, exactly. So, Force Ghosts, as most things are in Star Wars, they go by a multitude of different names. They're called the Guardian Spirits, mm -hmm. um, Jedi Apparitions, Sith Spirits, and I believe uh, Jedi Spirits, mm -hmm. and Ghostly Manifestations. It just makes it easier to say Force Ghost. Yeah, exactly. I think in the new canon of Star Wars, they're called Force Spirits. Why change it? Just say <laughs> fucking Force Ghost! I know. Um, that's just one of the things I saw in the Wikipedia article, where it's just a different name and everything. Mm. Um, but surface level naming aside. Um, so... A Force Ghost, um, it's technically a Force ability. Like, you know, Force Poe, Force Lightning, the whole shebang. It goes under the uh, category of control. Uh, the control aspect of a Force, which is centered around the body and mind. And achieving, and it is a way of 
achieving eternal consciousness. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, a Forest Ghost is described as an individual coming to terms with their death, but at the same time would preserve their identity instead of becoming one with a Force. Yeah. So, like, it's the, the general aspect is, like, whenever somebody dies, they literally, any life form, whether it's, like, the smallest of insects or the largest of uh, crit dragons, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, their soul, so to speak, just becomes one of a force. Okay. So, think of, so like... it's, like, completely ceased to exist. Yeah, just completely ceased to exist until they, like, uh, uh, reincarnate into a different being or something. Okay. You know, like the Buddha aspect and everything. Yeah. Um, the idea with Force Ghosts is that uh, in, in a particularly powerful individual has a strong connection with Force. Uh, they just have a way of maintaining their identity after death. That makes sense. Yeah, and they don't exactly become one with a living Force. They s- technically still become part of a living Force, but they're still them, if that makes any sense. A little bit. It's like they keep themselves. Mm-hmm. And there are actually, uh, <laughs> there are a handful of ways for somebody to become a force ghost. I thought it was only, like, specifically a ritual or something. Well, me, please. from my, uh, my, uh, lore research, there are a couple of ways of becoming a force ghost. Um, so... Basically, it's traditional amongst the Jedi to allow themselves to become one of the Force because, you know, the main idea of a Jedi is death is a natural part of life and Mm -hmm. I am one with the Force and everything. Like, they accept death. Mm -hmm. But if that Jedi um, passes away, but they think that it's not exactly their time to go into the never realm of the Force, they're like, nah, dog, I'm not not ready to die. And the Force is like... Basically what we think of ghosts here. (laughs) And the Force is all like, Understandable. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> the force is just okay with it. Like, okay, cool, man. I'm pretty sure it's like uh, a few amount of individuals amongst the Jedi because, as I it's mentioned, it's probably rare. Yeah, it's extremely rare. Um, I'm just going through the basic uh, aspects of becoming a force ghost and everything, mm-hmm. but I'll go into their history more and more. Um, so that's one method. Another method is the individual. Doing a selfless act of a sacrifice, that sort of thing. Like when a Darth Vader yeeted Palpatine into the reactor pit, that's a selfless sacrifice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and of that, course... That makes sense. Yeah. Um, kind of that redemption arc, sort of speaking. Mm-hmm. And then after they pass away, um, they redeem themselves and become a Force ghost. That's cool. Yeah. Um... Though there are more esoteric means, like within this certain Jedi holocron... Another method of becoming a Force Ghost can be achieved by sem-limiting one's cells into the state of pure energy. Interesting. So, I'm just imagining they're just super-powering their metachlorians within their bodies, and whenever, the moment that they die, they just elevate into a different plane of existence that way. I know, it's super-duper complicated, but yeah. That's too complicated. Now, <laughs> now my brain hurts. <laughs> I also remember, like... Fuck very... science, give me more Buddhism. <laughs> more Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fair. Um, and uh, in their normal state, a Force ghost can only interact with other non-corporeal beings. Okay. So, um... 
So the only way they could interact with the physical realm would be via manifestation, whether it's like, uh, you know, um, a disembodied voice, or through dreams, or through visions, or if they're powerful enough, they're a representative of what they were in life. Okay. So it it's not like every Force ghost can just manifest on a whim. They kind of need to anchor themselves to somebody who's powerful in the Force in the physical realm. That helps make a lot more sense. Which is one of the main reasons why you always see Force Ghosts right next to Force users and not just any anybody well, else. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like the... Uh, um, let me see. And they um, appear in a multitude of different forms, like a floating milky gray mess of energy. Um, like, in the Clone Wars, I believe Qui-Gon appear to Yoda as just a disembodied voice, but mm-hmm. he, then he later appears on Dagobah as like a uh, mass of fireflies or something like that. Interesting. And the reason why Qui-Gon... I have yet to see that arc. Yeah, you gotta see that arc. It, it basically goes with uh, Yoda's arc on how he learned how to become a Force ghost. I'm working on it. <laughs> have you watched the Ryloth episode yet? No. God damn it, Hannah. Do it. Do I- it! <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it tonight okay cool um but yeah anyway um Qui-Gon uh he he doesn't exactly fully manifest as a force ghost in like his early days because when he died as you notice uh he didn't exactly fade away and become one before see his no, body was still there he dead as a doornail he did but uh it's he was he okay. His training to become a Force Ghost wasn't exactly completed, so to speak, which but is he why still had that little hang on there. Yeah, he still had a little hang on there, which is, and if you also notice in like Episode Two, um, in uh, when Anakin slaughters the Tusken Raiders and everything, Yoda just hears Qui Gon being like, "I was Anakin. gonna say that. That's that cool little detail. It's like he's still." There, he's watching, he knows. But he's not strong enough to physically interact with Anakin and everything. Yeah. So it's like, hey, Yoda, this is not good. (laughs) And then, of course, later, he uh, goes to Yoda in the Clone Wars and tells him, hey, bitch, becoming a Force ghost is real. Cool. Yeah. Um, So, though there are... Okay. Um... So, apparently there's, like, a certain time limit for people to stay as Force Ghosts, because uh, <laughs> it kind of depends on how powerful they are, I would reckon. Because, okay, I'll go into some examples later, okay. but they, I've read some brief descriptions. Like, there's this uh, novel series called From a Certain Point of View. It's an anthology series which follows, uh, like, Obi-Wan... Uh, so in New Hope, uh, remember when Luke goes back to his, uh, farmstead and sees his family burned to a crisp? Yeah. And, uh... Those skeletons are terrifying. Oh, yeah. Um, and Obi-Wan was just chilling while R2-D2 and C-3PO are, you know, burning up the Jawas and everything. Mm -hmm. In that instance, um, okay, in between Luke going to his farmstead and coming back to Obi-Wan, he was actually communicating with Qui-Gon as a Force ghost. Really? Yeah. Holy and, shit. And it kind of describes uh, Qui-Gon's point of view, the, the name of the title and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Force ghost, he could see both the past and the present and the future all at once. Wow. Like he saw Obi-Wan as that young Padawan that he fought alongside on uh, the blockade of Naboo and everything. And yeah. that he trained. 
Um, he saw him as the veteran of the Clone Wars, and he saw him as the old man he is right now. He saw all of those individuals wrapped up into one. Wow. So, the Force goes, um, I wouldn't quite call them omnipresent beings, but they do have that uh, same level, sort That's of speak. That's really cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And he, and when Luke came back to Obi-Wan, it's described that Qui-Gon can literally feel the sorrow and grief that Luke Skywalker radiated off of him. Well, yeah. Especially because he's strong in the Force, too. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so, there's like a certain time limit because, obviously, Force Ghosts can't be there every single time for everybody. They, like, kind yeah, of appear they, in... Yeah, they don't walk the Earth. Yeah, they don't walk the Earth. So, like, yeah, there's, like, a certain time limit. It's like, they can only be with a certain somebody who's strong in the Force for a limited period of time before they go up and become a part of the Never Realm of Force and everything. Yeah. Um, well, let me see... So yeah, um, though there are some indications that maintaining the form of a Force Ghost is temporary, as it is described as an intermediate between life and death. After a certain amount of time, the Force Spirit will have to move on to the Never Realm of Force, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, makes sense. And then, uh, so in canon, I believe, it is predominantly a light side ability. Like, literally only Jedi could accomplish this. Well, Svator says no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of one of the things. Like, in the, for any George Lucas purist, it's basically, no. Only Jedi can become Force Ghosts. Sith? Nah. No way. Why the fuck not? I think it's just that idea. They're of, just as powerful in the Force. It's, it's kind of the idea. Okay, let me actually read you a quote of a cut dialogue between Yoda and Qui-Gon. I'm calling Re- bullshit. <laughs> because it's really interesting. And it does a good explanation of why Sith can't easily become Force Ghosts. Um, this is cut content from Revenge of a Sith, keep in mind. Okay. Um, Yoda, fail to stop the Sith Lord I have. Still much to learn there is. Qui-Gon voiceover. Patience. You will have time. I did not. When I became one with a Force, I made a great discovery. With my training, you will be able to merge with a Force at will. Your physical self will fade away, but you will still retain your consciousness. You will become more powerful than any Sith. Yoda. Eternal consciousness. Qui-Gon voiceover. The ability to defy oblivion can be achieved, but only for oneself. It was accomplished by a shaman of the wills. It is a state acquired through compassion, not greed. Yoda, to become with a force, an influence to have, a power greater than all it is. Qui-Gon, you will learn to let go of everything. No attachment, no thought of self, no physical self. Yoda, a great Jedi master, you have become Qui-Gon Jinn. Your apprentice, I gratefully become. Wow. I can see why. Yeah. Did that, that's, why? That would have been so good. Yeah. I assume that they, uh, as with most things in cinema, a lot of things have to get cut for time and everything. I know. <laughs> but it is if a great. If we could watch it all uncut, that would be fucking awesome but we'd be there all day indeed indeed like you remember that meme with uh with uh what was it uh end game 
where there was like a billion director's cuts that are like four hours long or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> same with like the cuts of Justice League, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Still, that's that's cool. But yeah, it's a, it, that's one part about uh, people are like, why can't the Civ become, okay, we'll go through the uh, exceptions and everything. Darth Maul being the obvious one. But it's more of the idea of the Jedi, they don't really have a sense of greed. Or as Obi-Wan, not Obi-Wan, uh, as Yoda likes to put it, captivated by the physical realm the Sith are. Yeah, fair. Yeah, Especially be- because it's such a power bid. Yeah, and like the Sith are always obsessed with becoming immortal. Like, they don't embrace their mortality or anything like that. They want to live as long as possible and fulfill their own ambitions and what they want for themselves and everything. Yep. Which is why uh, Darth Marr is such a unique exception, because he doesn't embody any of those things. That's another thing I like about him. Yeah. He's... (laughs) <laughs> like a one yeah, I of, could be sucking this guy's dick all the time. Oh, of course you will. <laughs> that ambitious, I'm such, sure. He's such a good fucking character. We need a good episode for him. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days. Shot. Take another shot. Um so okay, before we <laughs> go into uh sucking Darth Mars dick <laughs> even more, um let me go ahead and talk about a brief history of the Force Ghosts as a whole. Okay. Um so, from what I could gather, the, the ability to become a Force Ghost it was relatively common amongst the Jedi during the old days of the Republic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't exactly a casual, oh, I be- he became a Force Ghost. He became a Force Ghost. She became a Force Ghost. Everybody becomes a Force Ghost. It's more of that, uh, it's just every, uh, one out of every hundred Jedi becomes a Force Ghost. It's yeah, just an exception. There, there fact. are a lot of powerful Jedi in that time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's kind of the idea. Um, the traditions of a Jedi, um, death is a natural part of life. But for those specific few who feel like they haven't accomplished much in life, then they get to do that and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Though individual Jedi, and even some Sith Lords, had the knowledge which allowed the user's consciousness to survive death and retain their identity within the Cosmic Force. We'll eventually talk about the Force as a whole in its own episode, but the Cosmic Force is kind of the idea that, uh... So, I think I mentioned this a couple of times before, the Force itself is alive. Like, not in the traditional sense like you and I are, but it is indeed alive. It's like how we perceive god as alive yeah it's the the cosmic force is the closest equivalent that star wars has to you know the god and everything yeah it makes sense and of like i think is cool it is pretty for a cool. sci-fi universe <laughs> and like uh and over time like eventually uh i'm not sure if there's like a certain time period where becoming a force goes just got lost to history or something like that but just over time the knowledge of becoming a Force Ghost just slowly faded away. That makes and, sense, especially because the galaxy has been around for a long ass time. Oh yeah, indeed. Um, and generally, modern day Jedi, I say modern day Jedi, like Clone Wars era Jedi and That's everything. That's still basically modern. Yeah. Um, most modern Jedi consider becoming a, a, uh, an immortal being or an apparition of some kind as basically a myth. Okay. 
Like, even when uh, Qui-Gon reached out to Yoda in his chambers in that, uh, that arc I was telling you about, yeah. um, Yoda was all like, no, it's an illusion. And Qui-Gon had to literally float him into the air to That's show him, funny. like, I'm, this is real, Yoda. I'm like, actually doing pay this. pay attention to me. And even then, Yoda was all like, impossible this is. <laughs> so even Grandmaster Yoda, who's like 800 at this point, considered it a myth. It's a very dying art. It is a very dying art. Um, and then, of course, uh, Yoda goes on his journey I mean, to... considering... Sorry. <laughs> considering the amount of Force Ghosts you encounter in Swator... Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if if you connect Legends and Canon... Yeah. It would make more sense, mm-hmm. I suppose. But it's like, it's been going on for so long that when it used to be popular, after that long of time, it's dying. Yeah, that's very true. Like, the the degradation of many lost techniques, technology, and all that stuff. Exactly. The Dark Ages, that sort of thing. Yes. But, yeah, um, Yoda goes on his quest... Figuring out uh, how to become one with a force and becoming a force ghost. And then after Order 66, well, okay, he probably shared it with a couple more Jedi on how to become force ghosts. Obviously not Mace Windu because he did. <laughs> Damn it. But um, he shared it with a couple of Jedi. And then after Order 66, he uh, shared it with Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. teaching him how to commune with Qui-Gon to learn the technique and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of a minor spoiler, but in the Obi-Wan series, he actually does, at the very end of the series, he eventually uh, meets up with a Force Ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn. I still need to fucking watch that. (laughs) There's a lot of things we need to catch up on. Yep. Uh, But anyway, um, so, and then, uh, you know, gets passed on to Luke, a couple of other Force um, individuals and everything, because... Luke Skywalker does become a Force ghost in the future of the uh, Legends canon of Star Wars. Yeah. And... Well, uh, he does it in canon, too. Okay, but that's no a fair point. <laughs> yeah, that's the unfortunate truth, too. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, like, Force goes, um, aside from, you know, talking to people who are powerful in the Force, they don't really have a physical grasp on the physical realm or anything like that. Okay. But, like, that's the case with uh, Legends anyway. Like, you're a Force ghost. Cool. You have eternal consciousness. You could go through walls and shit. That doesn't mean you can interact with the physical world or touch anybody or anything like that. <laughs> um, and as you know in Legends, there are numerous instances where a Force ghost impact people and things in the physical realm. I did not know that. Like, uh, you remember Rise of Skywalker, where uh, where Rey was burning down the X-Wing or whatever, and she yeeted Luke's lightsaber into the uh, flame, and Luke just forces back into his hand, and he's all like, a weapon of a Jedi needs more respect than that. Mm-hmm. That's tech- that technically should not happen. Oh, okay. Same thing with Yoda, when uh, he manifests and summoned a, f- a uh, lightning storm to uh, destroy a tree or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's technically not supposed to happen, but I chalk it up to them being that powerful. Yeah. That's that's just me playing a devil's advocate, but not me. I I remember that was of particular uh, controversy. I see both sides. Yeah. Um. 
But anyway, I could, and, I could see why, but it still sounds cool. It does sound cool. It's just I assume it's like to a limited extent. Like I assume like so many of the lightning storm would have caused a great amount of effort. Oh yeah. Um. But anyway. Um. So as I mentioned numerous times before, it is seen as a uh, pure Jedi ability. Mm-hmm. But in Legends, it's completely different. It's just more commonly seen by the Jedi and everything. Okay. Because as we all know, the Sith are utterly obsessed with becoming immortal. And if they did know about becoming a Force ghost, they just look at it and be like, that's not the immortality I want. Yeah. Because the Sith are much more obsessed than that. They want to uh, always control everything and their destiny and everything. Mm-hmm. As a Force goes, you can't interact with anything. Of course, you could mon- mentor the future generation and stuff like that. But eh, the Sith, they don't care about that the shit. The Sith don't give a fuck about that. So, they yeah. don't care about legacy. <laughs> they, yeah, they care. A, they're more greedy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the classic uh, Orange Lantern sort of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the basic idea is Larflees. that... Larflees. Yeah. Larflees. Thank you for reminding me about the name. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, as I mentioned before, the basic idea of the Sith, they're always selfish. And they don't want to give up their individuality and become one with another realm of Force. Because, as you know, with Force goes, um, the Jedi are more about giving up their individuality and thus becoming Force ghosts because they're doing a selfless act and everything. Yeah. The Sith, on the other hand, they're all like, death is cringe. I don't want that shit. (laughs) (laughs) But Sith would also occasionally fade away, much like their Jedi counterparts, interestingly enough. Okay. Um, But it is not exactly the prerequisite to become a Force ghost for them. Because I think when they fade away, they immediately go to the realm of chaos, which is like the hell hell of Star Wars and everything. Um, Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah, um... Another reason why the Sith want to remain immortal because they don't want to go to hell. Makes sense. <laughs> Especially, you know, Vichy had achieved it. Oh, he yeah. Didn't go to Multiple hell. times. <laughs> um, so, so think of uh, Sith versions of Force Ghosts as your normal uh, ghost or poltergeist. Like, they, they're your classical poltergeist. Like, they're, okay. they're basically, uh, they operate similarly to ghosts but they're face they are uh you know bonded to a certain locale or object okay like one example would be the the tombs of the dark lords on korriban yeah they always stay there they don't have the ability to go anywhere else in the galaxy on like jedi force ghosts and uh and yeah unlike the jedi version of force ghosts sith spirits found little peace in becoming Force Ghosts. Um, in their current state, they would continue for centuries, eventually driven insane by their solitude, their lingering memories, and, you know, just dark side-inflicted madness and all that bullshit. Yeah. There are several examples of that in the Sith Inquisitor story. Yeah, and like, for a Sith Force Ghost... They have no way to go to the peaceful never realm of the fours, and they sure as shit don't want to go to chaos. So they're um, stuck in basically purgatory. Pretty much. But still, it's hell. It is their own version of hell. At least they keep <laughs> their individuality, quote unquote. Yeah. That's kind of a downside of a Sith. 
Um, it's kind of the idea that they seek immortality, but due to their selfish ideologies and goals, they will never achieve that immortality. Yeah, a little bit of Sisyphus treatment there. Yeah. Um, Sith commonly fear their own mortality, as I mentioned before. Um, and one of these abilities to escape damnation into chaos, but to also not stay in one spot like normal uh, Civ Force goes. Mm -hmm. So there's, you've probably heard it a couple of times before. There's this Force technique called uh, Essence Transfer. Yeah. Which is the, uh, the ability that Vitiate commonly uses. Yes. Where he's bonded to multiple bodies and all that stuff. It's how he was able to switch, switch from his original body to Valkorion. Yep. And the multiple bodies that are of uh, children of the Emperor. Yep. Yeah, um, there is a, it's, it is the holy grail for the Sith. That's their number one goal, is to become immortal. It's, think of it as like a, a phylactery in D&D. Oh, yeah. Like, they, sure, they could, uh, so, okay, I'll eventually go into it, but that's one of the reasons why Palpatine was able to survive death on Endor. Because he had numerous cloned bodies to go back to to possess and everything. Motherfucker. <laughs> but there is the downside to immortality, uh -huh. though. You can't... You lose smell. You you basically lose all your senses. You see everything in black and white. Pretty much, you yeah. Don't, you don't taste anything. You start losing memories. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Scour you, you, Scourge tell the, tells this to you. Yep. In yep, the yep, Jedi Knight yep. story. Yep. Um, and another downside is if you decide, okay, you, I want to possess you because you have the perfect body. Yahoo. Mm -hmm. Um, if the person ends up possessing the wrong person who has a strong enough willpower to resist them, mm -hmm. there is a good chance that they just get ejected out of the body and they have nowhere else to go. So they just go immediately to chaos. Oh shit. So yeah, the essence transfer, um, Immortality, Yahoo. Just be careful of who you possess. Well, Palpatine was smart. <laughs> because he had several he clone, clone bodies. Yeah. And that, uh, another downside with that method is that clones, as we know of the clone troopers, don't live that long. Nope. So, yeah. And and I think it's also... Um, I remember this uh, being a lore detail. Like, uh, the Force has, like, a specific time limit. Like, they've found out about Palpatine going into multiple clone bodies are like, oh, you're you're using a vessel. Up the time. <laughs> oh, shit. So it's essentially like, okay, I live in this clone body for 10 years. Nope, now you live for five seconds. <laughs> because the force is kind of a petty asshole and everything. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> like, and, if you're going to stick around here, you have to follow by my rules. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, you're probably mostly familiar with this one. Um, okay, before I go into that. Most Sith perform a minor aspect of imparting their uh, mortality and everything. Like, you've encountered several Sith holocron in the Swator campaigns and everything, right? Yes, I have. There is, um, so it's kind of lore accurate that a Civ that creates their own holocron to pass on their knowledge or safeguard their knowledge and everything, they impart a small piece of their soul into that holocron. Makes so, sense. So, yeah, in a sense, those uh, representatives of those holocrons are an aspect of that Civ lore that created them. 
Yeah, you meet one in the Dark Temple mm-hmm. in the Sith Inquisitor. Or, no, any any class that goes to the Dark Temple. Yep. It's a little side quest. And then uh, an, there's an ancient force technique learned by the ancient Sith named Urgast. You probably remember the name. Yes. Um, and this, ugh, excuse me, this technique is called Force Walk. Yep. And basically, um, if you'll probably correct me on this, but it's basically the idea of forcibly bonding force ghosts to your body and using them as a power source. Yep. You nom on force ghosts. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> or guess is the first one you eat. Yeah. Um, excuse me? Or quote unquote bind to you. Yeah, and I assume, like, uh, most of his knowledge has been lost to time and everything. Yep. The ancient Sith were OPSL. But, even as you go around uh, collecting these ghosts, you know, pulling a Grievous just on ghosts instead of lightsabers. <laughs> Another addition to my collection. It risks you going insane yep. and letting the ghosts devour your mind. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. There's a downside for There's many There's a downside to everything. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. It's what you have to trade for power, but mm-hmm. you're just lucky that you were, you come across a certain technology that can fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Want to take a guess at what that one is? Well, you'll probably have to remind me since you're a Satora expert. Ricotta technology. Ah, uh-huh, yep, I thought so. Yep, you re you have to rebuild your body with the mother machine. Mm-hmm. And that is the canon. Um, explanation as to why the near human races exist the mother machine created created them yep the zabrak the chikaruda or no the zabrak the twi'lek and the something i'm missing it (laughs) well don't urge yourself um but yeah legends explanation as to why those races exist yeah um well that's its whole other issue but um, I know, another Ricotta shot. Another Ricotta shot. <laughs> well, we eventually do a Ricotta episode. But now that we got all of that out of the way, let's kind of discuss about the individual examples of Force Ghosts. Because a lot of these stories I remember at the top of my head, and they're kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, Anakin Skywalker. It's, I was trying to figure out where this uh, certain short story was, but I assume it's like the uh, same novel, the point of view and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the events of Return of a Jedi, when Luke Skywalker confronts Darth Vader at the Death Star and everything, um, it's through the point of view of Obi-Wan, who's just watching the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And he, at first, Obi-Wan has this idea like Anakin, Vader... He's not going to be redeemed. He's a monster. You know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And he was just kind of surprised when Darth Vader yeeted Palpatine into the reactor pit. And he's like, holy shit. Holy shit. Anakin is back, y'all. That's in his last moment, too. Obi-Wan was probably ecstatic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it goes into this brief little detail where Anakin's spirit is about to go to the Never Realm of the Force, but mm-hmm. Obi-Wan manages to intercept him. And they have this little brief conversation, and Obi-Wan, long story short, tells him how to become a Force ghost, and he was able to be redeemed of the light side and everything. That's cool. Yeah, so even in his last moments, uh, Obi-Wan being the huge bro to Anakin. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, this is all in uh, what 
Okay, that particular story is canon, if I'm not mistaken. This uh, next story is completely legend. Don't, well, actually. <laughs> There's going to be all of that. Even as a lore expert, I get a lot of things wrong. So, anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so, in Legends, this is a, a couple of years after the Battle of Endor, where uh, the, the New Republic is dealing with Thrawn and everything. Mm-hmm. Leia's uh, trying to help create the New Republic, lead it, and everything like that. Yep. Um, I can't remember where exactly it takes place, but Leia's just chilling in her uh, living quarters one day. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no. She was going back into her living quarters, and she saw this apparition waiting for her. And she saw this as this youthful looking man. And she's all like, who the hell are you? And the man, you know, stands up and he's all like, I'm uh, Anakin Skywalker, your father. That's just like, what the, what? <laughs> the fuck? And Leia was all like, you mean Vader? And Anakin's like, no, I've been redeemed. I'm no longer Darth Vader. I've come back to make amends with you, Leia. And I've done some terrible things, but I've been redeemed, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. And Leia was all like, fuck you, I'm not going to forgive you. Well, yeah. <laughs> She's all like, after, after the, all... After the shit she went through? Yeah, after all the shit that you have done as Darth Vader, plunging the entirety of the galaxy into pain and suffering and making everybody suffer and everything... And the part that you played in destroying my planet of Odoran. And Anakin was very grieveful. Um, he was very depressed from this. And he's like, I, I knew this would come to this. But I just want, I have a very limited time in this realm. And I want to make a connection. Your brother, Luke Skywalker, he forgave me. And Leo... Just looked at him, and she was like, I could have forgiven you for all the things that you have done. Blow up my home world, but I will never forgive you for torturing Han Solo. Wow. Really? Yep. Damn. Just just gives you a uh, nice little perspective how how much Leia loved Han Solo. Eh, fair. And obviously, like, uh, Leia was all like, I don't want to see you ever again. Get out of my sight. Damn. And Anakin was all like, this will be the last time you see me. Um, If you ever need me, I will always be watching you. And then he departs. And she's still mad. Probably. Well, not for much longer. Because, uh, long story short, they go to Tatooine on some mission... Uh, she comes across journals of Anakin when he was a little boy going mm-hmm. into his past and how he was just an innocent little child and learned about her great-grandmother, uh, Shmi Skywalker and everything. Oh, that's sweet. And Princess Leia was like, you know what? Even though he became the monster that the galaxy remembered him for, he, he was uh, misguided in his attempts. That's good that she eventually forgave him. Yeah. I think it's just—it's a really sweet story. It is. Just goes to show. Um, I—I I would, if they—if we could go back in fucking time, I would love to see those kinds of scenes instead of yeah. the shit that we got. Yeah, that would have been so cool. Yeah. 
I mean, that takes place in Heir to the Empire, right? Pretty much, yeah. I gotta keep reading those fucking books, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I remember that example because uh, the lore master talked about it a good while back. Shout out to him. Yeah, he's a really good YouTuber. Um, what's another example I could throw out? Uh, and then, uh, fuck. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, and then, of course, we have the more unique exception, Darth Maul and everything. Yep. Um, from, I, it's just one of those contentious things where it's all like, no, no Sith can ever become a Force ghost. Well, what about Darth Maul? And everybody doesn't exactly have a reasonable explanation for it. It's just kind of one of those things that is like, that should not happen, but... It there. happened anyway. But I did find this one explanation where Darth Mar became a Force ghost because he, unlike most Sith, he didn't put him his priorities above the priorities of the Empire. Yeah, he didn't care about himself. He cared about the Empire. Yeah, and even though Darth Mar, as we all know, isn't exactly a saint... Um, no, he's far from a saint. Yeah, and he's also working for a uh, government, which... Is it exactly the greatest in the world? <laughs> but I just think it's that virtuous aspect where he's just so honor bound. He's so selfless that he doesn't even qualify as a Sith. I can see that, but he's still a very high ranking Sith being the being a Dark Council member. Mm-hmm. And I also remember the quote where he was all like, I rejected the Jedi code in life, but now... Um, in death, I accepted the Jedi code. The force is, um, death is the force and it has a plan. Yeah, I remember that. So badass. (laughs) I, I, I'm just looking at that explanation and just thinking to myself, you know that skit from Family Guy where Osama Bin Laden is about to get gunned down and he's like, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And then he goes to heaven. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm just imagining Darth Mar is like that, but with a force instead. I mean, uh, he sounds like the type. I just think it's fucking hilarious to me. I mean, it's very funny. Yeah, it it does take away the badassery of Darth Mar, but it's it's memory at his best. I interpreted it as like he kind of realized what he was missing out on. Yeah, with the Jedi code as he passed on. But that was how he kind of connected to Satil Shan and she helped him become a force ghost. Yeah. But like he was hanging on a little bit like Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, oh yeah, another example. There's uh, an individual called Ajunta Paul. He's basically the very first... He's the, he's the one of the... He's the leader of the uh, Jedi exiles that were, you know, exiled by the Jedi Order and they yeah, went to Korriban. One of the first Sith. Yeah, Ajunta Paul. He is also a more noble individual than your normal Sith, and he pretty much got backstabbed by his compatriots when he wanted to leave them into a new era of prosperity and everything. Of fucking course. And um, I think it's like a, a side mission of the, fir- the first Old Republic game. And Ajunta Paul was very... He, he had a lot of regrets. He regrets where the Sith... Have gone down. This wow, that's em- surprising. Yeah, this empire of backstabbing, of murder and debauchery, all of this stuff. But 
he has no way of going on peacefully into the afterlife because he is bonded to the tomb where he was placed in as a forest ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't exactly uh, forgive himself or anything like that, but through certain options, through Revan, um, they basically convince him that he should uh, move on to the afterlife and get his peaceful ending, which he eventually does, and he passes on peacefully to the Never Realm of the Force. Okay. Cool. So at least uh, another individual Sith Lord got his happy ending. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Other examples. Uh, fuck. Um, Luke Skywalker was... Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, another example in Legends, anyway, is Luke Skywalker goes to one of his descendants in the legacy era of Star Wars 130 years after the Battle of Yavin. Holy shit. He goes to his, uh, his uh, descendant... Who goes by the name of Kate Skywalker. And he's kind of... Take a shot. Um, we'll eventually <laughs> cover uh, Kate Skywalker. He's kind of a really interesting character. Um, he just has a lot of regrets. He saw the Jedi Order um, go extinct again. And uh, he was picked up by pirates. And he was forced to become a, uh, a uh, pirate and everything. Mm-hmm. And lose the way of the Jedi Order and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Luke Skywalker would just manifest and kind of lecture him about going back to the path of the Jedi and everything. And Kate's, it's kind of tragic because uh, Kate Skywalker wants to run away from his past and everything. Um, And Luke Skywalker is just this present that's always there. And Kate Skywalker's like, leave me alone, old man. That's funny. He's just like, no, do this. No, fuck off. Like, there's this one scene where he just locks himself into a ship and he's like planning to do an overdose on death sticks and everything. Oh, Because God. that's the one way he's able to nullify his connection to the Force. And Luke Skywalker was lecturing him like, is it really necessary to do that? You know, you could uh, do much better than you currently are right Just now. The conscience on your shoulder. Yeah, and eventually Cade Skywalker loses his patience and he's all, he reaches for his gun and he's like, leave me alone. And Luke Skywalker is all like, you know you can't kill, kill something that's already dead. And Cade <laughs> is all like, really? And he points his gun to his head. He's like, go away or I will. Oh, God. And that's when uh, Luke Skywalker obviously fucked off. Well, duh. Yeah, Cade Skywalker. Um, oh, he's God, a that's really dark. It is really dark. Wow. Yeah, I'll, we'll eventually talk about Cade Skywalker. He's a really fascinating character. Kind of a little bit edgy, but I think that's it what makes him. It sounds like it. He sounds like a bit of an edgy. He, he's got a lot of angst to him, but it's uh, justified to say the very least. I got one. Go. Lord Kallig, who is the... Oh, yeah. The descendant of the Inquisitor. Yeah. Yeah. The an- the ancestor of the Inquisitor. Yeah. And I think he was dead for about 500 years before he reappeared or reformed in the Dark Temple. Yeah. When the Inquisitor touched down on Corbin. Mm-hmm. It just took him a while to, you know, wake up. Yep. But his he stuck around because he he was so angry at being betrayed by I believe I want to say Naga Sadal. No, not Naga Sadal. I know it's another Sith individual. But it's anyway, another go on. ancient Sith. Yeah, he is an ancient Sith. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, the Inquisitor's descent is a descendant of an ancient Sith Lord, mm -hmm. which helps them rise to power. Yep. And he, throughout the first chapter at least, he follows you around just a little bit here and there, yep. giving you advice and giving you warnings. Yep. It's like, hey, don't be a dipshit. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, old Grandpa Kallig trying to, you know, say, don't <laughs> do the mistakes I fucking did. Yeah. At least uh, that dude is fulfilling the traditional um, tenets of a Force Ghost. At least the Jedi side. I'm pretty sure uh, normal Civ Ghost wouldn't go that far. No, probably not. But then again, he is trying to continue on his legacy through this descendant of his. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know... Usual Sith don't want to care about their legacy, but this one did. And it's yeah. like, help my name come back to power. And you, that's the whole point of the Sith Inquisitor story. Yeah. Is rising from nothing and becoming this either light side power or dark side power. Mm -hmm. I love the fucking dark side path, though, because you're just fucking psycho. <laughs> of course. I love it. Oh, or as man. someone called it in the Swator subreddit, Kitten Squisher. <laughs> Squisher. Yep. Okay, that's pretty fucking great. <laughs> well, let me see. Uh, are there any... Other... And, of course, honorable mentions, the four ghosts that the Sith Inquisitor noms on. Yeah. I just can't remember their names right now. Do they eventually pass on, or do they just stay in the Sith Inquisitor's body? That depends on the ending. Fair enough, I suppose. Um, you can either let them go or, or bind them to you forever. Yeah. Okay, so there's this one story that I just thought of. It's not canon even in legends it's just a fun little side story and everything but mm -hmm. i think it's pretty cool um so you recall in new hope where uh luke skywalker picks another astromech and plans to leave r2 behind and everything uh -huh. um so there's an entire little non-canon backstory behind that droid really? um i forget its full name but it starts with uh r4 um it was initially a servant serving at jabba's palace and everything you know okay. just you know, just uh, ferrying around alcoholic drinks and all that. You see them everywhere. Yeah, on exactly. Exactly. Um, and one day, this astromeg unit found out that uh, he is powerful with the Force. What? Okay, makes sense. <laughs> this is a reason why it's a non-canon story. Um, <laughs> I mean, we have a robot who's a living fucking. Oh yeah, freaking. Uh, Frickium, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, R4 kind of tries to find his own destiny. Because he doesn't want to uh, stay as a servant to somebody like Jabba for much longer. And after he found out that he has a connection to this invisible force, if you will, um, he used the force to take off his restraining boat, mind trick the guards, and he was able to just... Casually stroll out of there and into the deserts of Tatooine. Oh shit, just like, how about no? Like, yeah, bye. pretty much. And, of course, he gets picked up by the Jawas, who are just looking for droids lost in the desert. Um, and he comes across uh, R2 and C-3PO. And he sees through the Force how significant they have in the history of the galaxy and everything. Like, one of them has the Death Star plans and... Um, Couple of days go by, they get uh, sold to, they're like put up as, uh, you know, items and everything for sale yep. for this farmstead. And he looks at Luke Skywalker and he sees how powerful this guy is in the Force. And he kind of just subtly manipulated events 
for them to pick R4. And he was all like, yes, finally, I have my own purpose. I could train Luke in the ways of the Force and he could eventually become a powerful Jedi and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, um, R2 was kind of desperate in joining them, but obviously can't because the Jawas have a restraining bolt. Yeah. Um, R4 sees another future where R2 is eventually found by the stormtroopers and destroyed. And through that, the Death Star plans never make it to Obi-Wan and never the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. And in this future, um, R4 would train Luke, but Luke had no way of going off of Tatooine. So even with his training, he had no way of making any meaningful difference in the galaxy. And R4 realized this. So he... He selflessly sabotaged himself, like electrocuted the fuck out of his entire body. Oh, hell. And uh, he basically mind-tricked C-3PO and saying, Hey, Master, what about that R2 unit over there? He's perfectly functional. Oh, wow. So R4 made the ultimate sacrifice, and he became a Force ghost. Hey, it was a significant change in history. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's a very selfless act. It is a very selfless act. That's cool. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's See, a even droids can become ghosts. Yeah, we'll eventually take another shot. Um, we'll eventually talk <laughs> about droids in their own individual episodes. But I thought it was a uh, even though it was non-canon, I thought it was a nice little side story. That is really cool. Yeah, it's cute. It is really cute. And uh, you have any other stories you want to share, Hannah? Yeah, that's all I have in my uh, hat of tricks right now. That, that was a role I could think of. Yeah, but so... that was a good episode. It was a very nice little discussion episode here and there. Um, but yeah, um, so that's our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how, how can one become a Force ghost? Yeah. <laughs> there are multiple ways. There are multiple ways, multiple individuals, even the most hardcore of souls can do the selfless act and become immortal in the force. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, All right. What are we talking about next? So um, for our previous uh, heroes thus far, a majority of them have been Jedi, Shock T, Plo Koon. We will be diving into a hero who is not connected to the force or, you know, all life forms are connected to the forest, but they don't use the forest in any shape or form or anything okay. like that. And for this character, it will be an important uh, movie character. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be diving into the queen herself, Padme Amidala. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to have so much fun doing research on Padme because it is long. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody likes our queen. Yeah, she... Yas, queen! <laughs> I'm excited for the Padme episode. I, uh... Okay, I uh, I am. I'm just not looking forward to the shit ton of stories I have to write down for Padme, but I'll kind of probably cut it down for time's sake. There are a lot of references. Hey, feel free to look them up yourself. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Um, once again, if you have any topics you would like us to uh, take a look at in the future, um, put them in the comments below. And for higher priority, you could go to our, our uh, Patreon and put them in the Discord. And we will make sure to get on that as soon make, as possible. Make, make sure to ping us. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you got any closing statements, Anna? 
Happy Pride Month. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. And may you live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.